Hello and welcome to the first episode of Box Office Receipts for 2022. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and we are starting the year strong with news. We also got the numbers to talk about, a movie delay, and our first theatrical to streaming switch. Let's get to it. Staying in first place was Spider-Man No Way Home with $52.7 million for a total of $610 million. Staying in second place is Sing 2 with $19.6 million for a total of $89.6 million. Third place is The King's Man with $4.5 million for a current total of $19.5 million. Fourth place is American Underdog with $4 million with a total now of $15 million. Lastly, in fifth place is Matrix Resurrections with $3.8 million for a total of $30.9 million. So even with New Year's Eve landing on a Friday, most movies held pretty well. No Way Home only dropped 38%, and with it now at $610 million, is the 10th highest grossing movie domestically of all time. The King's Man also only dropped 24% compared to its previous weekend, which is fantastic for it. Only issue is it's based off its very low opening. So while it's holding great, not a lot of people are still watching it. I also have to mention how well Sing 2 is holding with only a 12% drop compared to its opening weekend. An amazing hold. One film that did not have a great hold like everyone else was Matrix, which dropped 64%. This is not too surprising though, as word of mouth has not improved, and it's the only movie in the top 5 that you can stream at home. Opening this week, we have a film from Universal called The 355, which is a female spy team in a globe-trotting adventure. I do not expect this to do well because the title is not good. The 355 makes it seem like it's an adaptation of something, so people who see the marketing for it might get confused that about it, but no, it's an original film. The studio should be hoping that it gets good reviews so that they can push that in marketing after the first weekend. In China, we got a few new films which helped out the box office. Opening in the first place was Embrace Again with 84.52 million. Opening in second place was G-Storm with 52.38 million. The final film in a series about ICAC investigations in Hong Kong. Third place was Another Me with 28.17 million. Fourth place was Lost and Found with 19.5 million. Though it looks like it might be dropping fast, I noticed footed dailies are dropping like a rock. It made 12 million on the opening Friday to just over 2 million on Sunday. I'm going to take that as really poor word of mouth for that film. Finally, in fifth place was Fireflies in the Sun with 12.78 million for a total of 141.56 million. For worldwide numbers, No Way Home continues to dominate with it making 78.3 million internationally for a worldwide total of 1.37 billion. Sing 2 made another 17.2 million for a worldwide total of 144.6 million. The Matrix Resurrections got some small good news over the weekend, making $13.6 million internationally and passing the $100 million mark with a $106 million worldwide. This is being carried by international markets heavily right now. The Kingsman made $14.1 million for a worldwide total of $47.8 million. Then Kanto was at $205.7 million worldwide, ahead of its release in China and West Side Story. Is at 47.2 million worldwide. Before we go into other news, I did want to make a quick mention about the UAE market. 
I saw this from Deadline, but apparently UAE has created a new 21 plus rating for films released there, and West Side Story got approved for a release, with that rating. There is still no release date, but it being approved without any cuts shows that the country is willing to allow films they normally wouldn't, but just, you know, approve them for an older audience, which for now is a good middle ground. And we have our first delay in 2022, and it's Morbius. Yes, set to be released just three weeks from now, Sony has instead decided to delay the film to April 1st. They did not say why. However, Deadline is saying that it's hearing it is due to No Way Home doing so well, with the film doing better than expected. It looks like Sony wants to ride that out and not cut it short by releasing another Marvel film so soon. That doesn't make sense, but if I was to put my conspiracy hat on for a minute, maybe the positive audience reaction to certain characters, Sony might try to film and throw in a quick reshoot or two, adding them into Morbius to build up the universe a bit more. I could be completely wrong about that, but I'm also trying to think why April 1st and not, say, sometime in March. Now, it'll have to go up against Sonic 2 and Secrets of Dumbledore instead. Not an easy schedule. Well, we are back with VOD Premium, thanks to actually getting some big news this week. First, let's go to Apple, as they have been pretty busy, for their film Kitbag, directed by Ridley Scott and starring Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon. Jodie Comer has dropped out of the film. She was set to play Empress Josephine. As for why she dropped out, it was due to scheduling conflicts. In her place, Deadline is exclusively reporting that Vanessa Kirby will be playing the role. As of now, production is still set to start sometime this spring. I don't have much to say here other than Kirby is a good actress, and I'm still looking forward to watching it in general, so let's see how it goes. Another Deadline exclusive, and another Apple TV Plus story. And this is about a new film that they are trying to buy. It's an untitled pitch package, which includes Brad Pitt, starring as a retired race car driver. The plot is that he comes out of retirement to help mentor a young driver. The director to the film is already attached, as is it is package, and it is Joseph Kaczynski, with Ethering Cougar writing the script. Since Apple is still wrapping up negotiations, it's not clear how much they are spending to buy the film, but I would think it's a decent amount. The plot for the film sounds okay, they are nothing special, but it can be elevated to something special depending on who else they cast. Also, is this NASCAR racing or Formula One racing? That's also still not clear yet. Now to Netflix, where it seems Don't Look Up has started to pick up steam on the platform. While it was released on Christmas Eve, it's only now after New Year's that people are talking about it more, and it makes sense. Netflix says this past week, viewers watched Don't Look Up for 152.29 million hours. A new record for the company. Specifically, this is for the week of December 27th to January 2nd. As for all-time records, it is now the third most-watched film within 28 days of release, behind Bird Box and Red Notice. Considering it still has over two weeks to go, it's likely to surpass Bird Box for number two, and possibly hit number one. And I'm glad people are giving the film a chance and watching it. Having seen it myself, I liked it more than Vice, but not as good as The Big Short, which I think is Adam McKay's best work yet. If you have not seen it yet, I highly recommend it. Also for Netflix, we are starting to get some info on what their first road doll film will be. The film will be an adaptation of the wonderful story of Henry Sugar, and is already starting to get people together for it. Right now, Wes Anderson is signed on to direct the film with the cast, including Benedict Cumberbatch, Dave Patel, Ralph Fiennes, and Ben Kinsley with filming actually set to begin in the next few weeks. 
I have not read any of Rodal's books, so I won't offer any thoughts about where the film could go in its adaptation, but I will say the cast lineup so far is looking great. Finally, we go to Disney for what is the biggest news of the week, and that is Pixar's upcoming film Turning Red will be pulled from its theatrical release and instead go to Disney+. Now, this is for countries to have the service, countries where it is not available, like China, it will still get a theatrical release at a later date. As for the Disney Plus move, it will still keep its original date of March 11th, so two months from now. This makes it the third Pixar film in a row to go straight to Disney Plus, following in the footsteps of Soul and Luca. Now with this announcement, Disney did not say why they made the sudden change, or why it would not even be a hybrid release with Premier Access. So we can only speculate. I'm thinking it's for three reasons. The first is the Encanto numbers, once it was added to the service on Christmas, must be going crazy. Even what I've noticed over the past few weeks is more people are talking about the film now on social media than when it actually came out in theaters around Thanksgiving the month prior. So for Disney, that shows by releasing on Disney+, Plus, they are reaching a wider audience and they need people to watch it and hopefully enjoy it so they can buy merchandise for it. Shirts, toys, go to the parks, buy you know, exclusive pins, any other merchandise. The second reason is Omicron, and right now they are seeing tons of kids getting sick with the virus. You can see articles reporting on more and more needing to go to patriotic hospitals, more than normal. So while hopefully this spike will be gone by March, it would not look good from a PR angle that families are dealing with their kids being sick. The mess is, you know, causing issues with schools, and then what, Disney shows up like, hey, I know school's a mess right now, I know your kids are sick with corona, how about you go watch the new Pixar film in theaters, huh? Yeah, not the best PR. The third part of this is the Pixar brand. When people think Pixar, they think quality, and Disney knows this. So, by adding a new Pixar film at no extra charge, it helps get people to sign up or keep their current subscription. I would also hope Disney knows that if they keep doing this, they run the risk of diluting Pixar's brand reputation. Overall, it looks like Disney did not want to delay the film, and instead chose the safest option, PR-wise, and will also use this to help keep Disney Plus subs. I do feel bad for everyone at Pixar, though, because they work on these films expecting a theatrical release, and for the third straight time, they do not get it. I also do think if Omicron was not an issue, it would stay theatrical. I think the sudden spike plus what I would assume giant numbers for Encanto on streaming persuaded them to make the move. And finally, I would be really surprised if they do this for a light year this summer. And that'll be it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. It's been a busy start to 2022. The question for the episode is, what do you think of Disney moving Turning Red to Disney Plus? Do you like or hate the move? Let me know on Facebook. Link to the pages in the show notes. See you next time.